Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, who did not wind up taking that New Mexico head coaching job. That went to Danny Gonzalez. It uh, did. It did. I was a near miss. Yeah. Much like uh, we joked about with Mike Norvell when he was at ASU, Matt withdrew from consideration, uh, <laughs> but it was unclear <laughs> whether right. anyone was considering. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So, uh, very briefly... As a holiday treat for their fans, the Sun Devils are laying an egg in basketball. That's all we're going to talk about with that. We're going it's to not have, going well. Yeah. We're yeah. going to spend December 18th, the week before Christmas, talking all about football. Yep. Um, Various football-related topics. The, the big Valley story that's not ASU was Mike Norvell was able to flip the commitment of Bubba Chubba? Chubba. Pretty. Chubba. Chubba. Yes, yes. Uh, from yes, Louisville. younger brother of Brock. From Louisville to Florida State. Um, big big get for him. Second quarterback uh, in, I think, 10 days of being hired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they needed to replenish the ranks there. I, you know, I follow Florida State, as you know, and um, they had a commitment last year from Sam Howell, who ended up in North Carolina, uh, when Mac Brown got hired and was a late switch and – Hal had a great freshman year for North Carolina, and they didn't get a quarterback in that class. They tried to get another kid who ended up at Maryland. So they were in need. Uh, you know, I mean, they have uh, James Blackman coming back, but that's about it. And, you know, you wonder, I mean, a pretty kid might have a chance to be the starter right away. You know, it would be quite a <clears throat> quite a story if both of them ended up as, you know, starters in their freshman year. Brock did, not, not from week one, but I think by week five or six, he was starting for Iowa State. And, uh, this this kid might have a chance too. Yeah. Um, today was the first day of the early signing period, but it doesn't really matter that the period is three days long because it feels like everyone who was going to sign in the early period signed today. Signs today, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it seemed like a, a pretty good day for ASU. I know we got the. Uh, wide receiver that was going to go to Oregon, Johnny Wilson, I believe, uh, is mm-hmm. the name, and, and uh, very highly touted, and, and uh, you know, got everybody else we expected to get. It seems like I don't think there were any defections that were supposed to commit that ended up signing somewhere else, so no, you know, pretty good day. We overall. have uh, 15 people in the class, 13 signed their letters of intent today. Yeah. Uh, the big flip, of course, was Johnny Wilson. You know, ASU did lose... Uh, there are a couple of guys earlier uh, who had committed, including their right. one quarterback commit. Right, right. But all in all, a solid job flipping Johnny Wilson. The, the player to watch now is Elijah Badger, who apparently signed his letter of intent somewhere. Uh, oh, really? But, okay. But is not announcing until the Under Armour All-American game. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, these kids love to. They love to stretch out the drama. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Wilson is in that game. I believe Chad Johnson is in that game. So if they yeah. if they sign Elijah Badger, that would give them three of the seventeen wide receivers picked to yeah. compete in that game, which is pretty good. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. And I mean, it's certainly a position of need. Um, but when you combine, you know, the two we've got, maybe, you know, one or two more still to come, plus the young guys that we had this year, um, you know, Porter and Pearsall and Curley, who all showed little bits of flashes. You know, they didn't get a lot of a lot of chances because we had Ayuk and we had Kyle Williams. And, um, you know, you combine all those guys and Frank Darby presumably coming back. You know, that's, that's the makings of a pretty good group. You need those young guys to, to step up. Um, you know, it's it's the makings of one. You don't know yet if it is, but you got some talent there that you know hopefully hopefully becomes an actual good group. And you got the quarterback to get him the ball. It seems like so. You know, offensively it's exciting, and and this running back coming in um, might have a chance to be the starter right away. I don't know how his name is pronounced. Not going to try. Um, we'll figure that out. Of you know, Demonte, I think is how his first name's pronounced. His last name, I don't know. I'm I'm going with Trainum. Trainum, uh, uh, yeah, some Trainum, Trianum. I'm not sure. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, um, you we know, have just time. like three years ago when we got Eno, and it was like, is it Eno or Eno or uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, we figured it out. We heard his name enough that now it just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the glaring hole still appears to be quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Gotta gotta do something. Maybe maybe more than one something there because the the you know the other news of the week is Joey Ellen enters the transfer portal, and you'd have to think he'll have opportunities. I mean, he was highly recruited. Um, and you know, he, he's going to have to sit a year probably, but you know, a guy who would still have three years of eligibility left for, a, for a program, uh, you know, I don't, I doubt he's going to find the, the well is dry and end up coming back to ASU. And they left the door open for that, but I doubt that's going to happen. No, it's one of those things though, that you do for him because he sure. stayed all year sure. and, sure. and if he wants to come back, and do this all again next year? Oh, fine. You'd be happy to, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Herb Edwards left that door open in part because you know, hey, it'd be nice if he did, but I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, you feel like he's a, again, he was highly regarded out of high school. His one game that he played, he played pretty well, and and so if you're watching and you're thinking, hey, we, you know, we might need a guy not for 2020, but for 2021 and beyond. He'll have chances, and I'm sure he's going to take one. And so that leaves us with two. Um, we knew this was likely. You know, when you get three in one class, it's very unlikely you're going to keep all three for for long. We kept them longer than I thought. I mean, I, I, mean, I didn't think we'd make it to the first first day of the season with all three. We kept them for one year, and now it's now you got to figure it out because now you're down to two. And yeah, you're you know, it's not a problem now. But it can be a problem real quick if Jaden Daniels gets injured in you know week one or two or preseason or something like that. All well, of a sudden, it's panic time. And he missed a game this year. He so did. He did. That, yeah. You know. Apparently, if you if Doug Haller's story uh, is any indicator, the fact that Joey Yellen got to play in that game is the right. reason why he transferred. It's the reason he's got. Yeah, you know, if you talk about a you know in some ways a a bad break. I mean, he played well and, you know, it probably opened his eyes to thinking, it sounded like what he said. Thinking, hey, I, I can do this. You know, I don't need to sit on the pine uh, and wait my turn. And, you know, that's the way it is with quarterbacks. There's only one on the field. You know, you can recruit three wide receivers from the All-American game. You can find a way to get them all on the field if they're good enough. Can't do that with quarterbacks. So, you, you know, you knew that, you hoped that one would emerge and, and he did. And you knew that there was a possibility that the other two would end up looking elsewhere. One of them is now. We'll see about Ethan Long. Um, so you got to be able to replace him, whether it's a high school kid or a transfer or both. Um, you know, I think ideally you'd get both. Yeah. You'd get a high school recruit and you'd get a, a transfer who maybe has one or two years of eligibility left. Yeah. Um, one place where we did a lot of recruiting was cornerbacks which makes yeah. sense uh, i think going into the year you certainly expected to lose you know kobe williams is gone you expected right. to lose chase lucas i'm now not certain that that's the case i wouldn't think so i mean who knows we'll see i guess um and i did see uh antonio pierce tweeted out about jack jones um and the path he took to get to asu and i know they're close yeah. and they'll give jack jones a shot Certainly, sure. sure. Um, but you know, you know, you've got four corners in this class already signed: D'Angelo Taylor from Tampa, Edward yeah. Woods, T. Lee, and Mason Williams. And I'm just going to throw this out there: Do you sign four corners if you're not going to keep the three-three-five? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, as you know, the the other thing you mentioned it right off the bat was you know Danny Gonzalez leaving, and uh, you know what what do you do? I mean, that's the that's the debate. Howard really wrote, a, I thought, a very good story, very reasoned look at it. That you know who the candidates are, and you can promote Tony White, who probably keeps that scheme in place, um, or you can promote Antonio Pierce, who probably doesn't. You know, sounds like from the you know he's not he's not that guy uh, it's not his scheme and so if he's calling the plays you probably change and you know that's the thing that makes you nervous a little bit is you've got this you know you've got this scheme that's been in place for a couple years you've recruited to it you've had guys who have started in it now for two years a number of them robertson butler Lole. Lole, um you know crosswell cam phillips guys who, you know have 
Right. Uh, you know, Chase Lucas, um, you know, I mean, you've got guys who've had a lot of reps in it Two, you know, a year and a half, two years of starting in it. So you'd almost like to keep the continuity in place, but then you, you know, that's the, that's the tricky part here is if you keep, if you do promote white, do you risk losing Antonio Pierce? If he thinks, well, Hey, you know, this was my opportunity to move up the ladder. You're not picking me to move up the ladder. Um, what now? You know, now who knows? I don't know what, what's, you know, his thought process, but he's such a big part of recruiting that you feel like, you know, if he wants that position, you almost want to give it to him. But then the tricky part is, is he really ready for it? it you know, it mean, recruiting and, and calling defensive plays are two totally different things. Yeah. So this, it's a tough decision for Herm. This is, this is why Herm gets the, the big bucks of being the head coach, because it's not an easy choice. Yeah, so there are a couple things to read into it. One, if you don't pick White, White will probably have a chance at that job in New Mexico. Right, right, Um, yeah. And obviously the D.C. at ASU is a better position than the D.C. at New Mexico, so I think he would would take it. I don't think think he would turn it down. You don't want to risk losing Pierce. You know that's a possibility. If you are reading the tea leaves, Edwards at the – press conference today said that they like to promote from within so you'd think it'd be right. one of those two they're not looking outside for that although they just hired an offensive coordinator from the outside with zach Hill. they did they did um, although you you know it, you, you use the term reading the tea leaves you could see that coming by the fact that herb said you know hey we need to we need to be better offensively we need to be scoring more points you could see that okay we're not we're not going to keep things the same and defensively i think there's more desire to keep things consistent the other piece now, he is officially the recruiting coordinator, but when they had the presser, it was Herm and Pierce. Right, today. right, yeah. And he's the recruiting coordinator, but you would think maybe he's also the defensive coordinator because... He might be, yeah, yeah, you know? I mean... Or, the way college football is going, you pay the recruiting coordinator like he is a right. coordinator. right. Right. You know, I mean, you wonder, too, and I don't know if this is even possible, um, but teams have done this co-defensive coordinators. Do you end up with that where, you know, White and Pierce both get the bump, the salary bump, the title bump, all of that? Um, You know, maybe White's the play caller, but Pierce gets a bump up and, you know, more responsibility. And, you know, he's he said it. He's made it very clear. He wants to be a head coach. Well, this is the, the natural step to be a coordinator and get that chance probably down the road. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. There's. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, you hate the, the one thing, and, you know, we'll talk about this more as the off season unfolds, but, you know, I just, you know, it feels like next year's the year to make something happen and having new coordinators on both sides of the ball, which you're going to have now, is one of those things that I just, I can already hear the excuses. I don't want to hear the excuses. Like, I don't, you know, like, just make it happen. You know, you, you told me this was the time. You told me this was the way to do it. It's year three. Make it happen. I don't want to hear about how. I just want to see the end. Well, and remember, we were also told part of this is we wanted consistency with the coordinators. Right. Now, taking right. head coaching jobs is fun. It is. It is. But, you know, and, and um, but we're you know, I, both I, coordinators. We are. We are. You know, I mean, it's just it's, it's one of those things that we'll see how things unfold, but I just, I sure hope that come, you know, late September, early October next year, we're not reading, you know, well, boy, you know, they had to replace both coordinators. I don't care. Like, I, I just don't care. I mean, my, uh, I, I have been happy with her. I like her. I think things are good, but I don't have a tremendous amount of patience to, you know, say, well, okay, 2020 is not the year, but let's hope 21 is, 22. And, uh, I mean, it's time. It, it's time that seven and five isn't good enough is actually backed up by action. So I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do the reverse. So that my, I, you heard my reading the tea leaves landing on Pierce. Here's my reading the tea yes. leaves landing on white. Pierce is really good at recruiting. We've never seen yeah. him X's and O's. It's not his scheme. Right. We also just brought in Prentice Gill, who is a strong up and coming recruiter who right. was, a key component in our flipping of Johnny Wilson. Right, right. So maybe we're planning on the idea that if Pierce leaves, then we have the next Pierce. 
Possibly, possibly, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a that's an interesting thought. Is you know, is this guy your powerhouse recruiter of the future? Basically, um, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Obviously, it's it's early, and you know, this this uh, rumination I'm getting into about next year, I'll probably you know, we'll probably have this conversation in some form or fashion about. 35 times between now and the end of August when, you know, when it's time to start looking ahead to week one. Um, But, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see. And and again, I just, the main thing is I just don't want to hear the excuses. I don't want to hear, you know, well, we love, you know, like everybody loses players, everybody, every college team in the country loses some players from the year before. Mm. And so, yeah, we're going to lose, Eno, we're going to lose IU, we're going to lose Cole Cabral, Okay, uh, you know you, you need to be in position now where you can replace those guys and still be good. Yeah. Um, so a couple names to note for the next round. We already talked about Elijah Badger from Folsom High School. His teammate Daniel Nada is a running back. He was never really considered an ASU guy from the stuff yeah. I saw. But then all of a sudden, yesterday, he was tweeting back and forth with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I saw that. And it I got some mention of that. Yeah. It got some notice. Uh, I don't know if it's because he knows Badger was going there and that's what started right. it. Because uh, Ayuk was, I believe, talking about or retweeted something about uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. And so maybe it was just about a receiver for Daniels or, you know. But Could be, yeah. Running backs and receivers, if if Alabama model recruiting has taught us anything, you can get NFL caliber guys multiple per class. I mean, there are three Alabama receivers set to go in the first round potentially. Probably first or second round this year, yeah. Yeah, very true. So adding a second running back with Trainum does not seem impossible to believe. Especially, you you know, with with the just – lack of I mean the practice reps are going to Carter as you would expect right and Kyle Williams who's Kyle a receiver Williams. for his I know. career I know I, so. I read that and thought not only a receiver but a senior mm-hmm. like do we not have anybody else besides AJ Carter are we that thin at running back that we've only got one running back we actually trust and we're gonna we're gonna play Kyle Williams a senior wide receiver at running back in the bowl I don't know, yeah I, so, I, I'm yeah. afraid the answer to that question is yes yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, it was great having Eno be the workhorse the last two years. It was a little bit of a surprise last year. You know, I mean, we, we expected him to be the feature guy. We didn't expect going in that he would be that big of a workhorse. This year, we went into the year with basically, okay, you know, you know you're the man. And he stayed healthy and he was productive. But that's, you can't rely on that. You cannot rely on that formula of we got one running back and he's going to, get you know 20 carries a game and the other guy's going to get two or three like that's a dangerous formula to rely on it worked okay this year but we don't know if this other kid is going to be that durable Uh, you know we just don't know so yeah i think you should definitely be hoping to get at least one more in this class maybe Mm -hmm. maybe two more and maybe work the transfer market there too you know i know they've talked about the offensive line needing to get you know a transfer to um and they do, you know, but like you got to have more than just, I mean, Carter's been okay, you know, and, and if this freshman kid train him is, is up to the task, but I think you have, you want to go in with more than just two guys you could count on. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned workhorse very, very briefly. Eno Benjamin this year, he obviously is going to forego the bowl game. Right. Uh, 253 carries, 1,083 yards. <laughs> yeah. Jaden Daniels, next leading rusher, 113 carries. Yeah. Behind them, A.J. Carter. Would you want to venture a guess on the number of carries A.J. Carter had in a 12-game season? 40? 15. Wow. Okay, I was way high. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, again, it worked okay this year. um, But that's a formula that you just can't count on, uh, you know, because – much like the quarterback, you know, it's it's all well and good to say, well, we got our starter, Jaden Daniels is our guy. Yeah, but what if he gets injured? You, you got to have, you know, you got to have other options um, because you know things don't always go according to plan, and we, you know we've experienced that. Every team experiences that. 
you know, no team gets through the season with every projected starter staying healthy. So got to have some depth there at both of those spots. Quarterback for sure. Running back, though, with, with the way, you know, Herm wants to play offense, at least the way he has, um, you need to have more than one guy you can rely on. Yeah. And we are losing uh, the three leading pass catchers from this yeah. roster, 150 yeah. of the 221 total completions. You uh, know, and Ayuk and Williams, I assume. Eno Ayuk Williams. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so that I mean, hey, it feels like we've got plenty of of depth and talent at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's enough guys there that you hope if you know a good rotation of three to four to five emerge. And yeah. you you know, again, Darby feels like he should be back. He should be the the leader. Yeah. And then you've got a good amount of young guys behind him that should be ready to step up. I, I'm just looking at the guys this year, Darby, obviously, and then Pearsall, Curley, Porter, all had moments. Brandon Pierce yeah. had a catch this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Curtis Hodges, who knows what's yeah. what's going to come of him. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can count on anything from him, but who knows? May, I mean, maybe. Um, but, I mean, all three of those guys that you mentioned, you know, Porter and, and Pearsall and Curley, had moments this year. They were few and far between, but again, the, the reps just weren't there for them. We had other good receivers. So, uh, you know, they all had a, a moment or two this year where you thought, oh, these guys could be pretty good. And and now next year's the time to, to be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, since and I... hopefully we'll find out in the bowl game. You know, uh, yeah. that's the that's a time. I mean, Ayuk's not playing. Neither's Eno. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully we will we will get some of those opportunities against Florida State. Speaking of, since I don't know that we will get another recording in, the bowl game is on New Year's Eve uh, on CBS. I don't know if picking this will will matter because I have no idea (laughs) who's actually going to play uh, for either school. Matter we we have our own, you know, we have our share of of concerns, and you know, uh, you know, our leading running back, our leading receiver. Both not playing, our uh, both coordinators, you know, from the season not there, and yet we're still probably in better shape than what Florida State is, with you know their head coach having been fired mid-season, um, and you know a number of their big-time players were injured during the year. Marvin Wilson, Jaden Woodby, uh, you know, I mean they they obviously don't have very many big-time players, and the ones that they have are not healthy. Cam Akers is sitting out the bowl game going pro. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a skeleton crew for both teams probably. Yeah, I, I believe the leading rushers for both schools are out. Uh, they are, yeah. So. Yeah, and smartly. Um, you know, we've talked about Eno, Cam Akers. You can say the same thing. He's uh, He's got a chance to be, a you know, probably a day two draft pick, um, a, a really good player who unfortunately was wasted the last couple of years at Florida State. So they just didn't have enough around him could be one of those guys who's a surprise in the NFL and people realize, man, this guy's really good. He just played on an offense that didn't have anything else to, you know, really take advantage of him. Yeah. So I'm going to pick ASU to win. I'm going to say 24, 21. Don't okay. know. Don't know anything about yeah, what we're yeah, going to try to do. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll go, I'll go ASU too, just because I think, you know, again, there's, there's more a feeling with ASU of like, okay, let's end this year on a positive note. It kind of feels like Florida State could show up and just kind of go through the motions. Now, the, the you know, the, the players love that Hagen's guy. And he's staying as an assistant, but he's, you know, this is his last game as head coach, at least for now. This is, you know, second tenure as head coach, as interim coach. Uh, and they played very motivated for him the last time he was in a bowl game as the interim coach. So it's a wild card. But I'll, I'll pick ASU too. I'll go... Uh, I'll go higher scoring a little bit. I'll, I'll say it's a little bit of a shootout, say 34 to 28. Uh, for an update on the ASU St. Mary's basketball game, Alonzo Verge is 12 of 21 from the field. He's got 26 points with 11 minutes and one second to go in the second half. ASU has 35 total points and wow. has given up 69. So Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Yeah. We're gonna put this one in the L column, and <laughs> hopefully they could beat Creighton on Saturday. And you know, I, I said uh, before the Georgia game, I thought if they could get two out of three, that'd be pretty good. Well, it, they got one. 
they're going to drop one. So the, the Creighton game becomes the one to decide whether they can get two out of three. Yeah. Um, Matt, any other things before we get into the quarterbacks? Well, let's quickly, because we picked our Sun Bowl, and that means before the Sun Bowl is the CFP. So let's make our at least our semifinal picks. I think we'll talk again before the championship game, I assume so, because um, we got an eternity between the semifinals and the championship game this year. But give me your give me your picks for the two semifinal matchups. Well, my heart says to still pick Alabama, even though they're not in. They're not in it. Yeah, um, you yeah. But, you can pick them to win the Citrus Bowl if you'd like, but that's that's as far as you can go. But I, you know, I, I don't like that I have to pick someone new this year. <laughs> <laughs> so that bugs me, but I'm going to take gotcha. I'm going to take LSU and Ohio State. I'm going to take the one and the two, okay. even though okay. Clemson is favored and and yeah, you know yeah. I just everyone in Ohio State's going to play. I don't know if Chase Young should play, but he's going to play. So oh yeah, he's going to play. Yeah, yeah, and I like that he you know is uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to the NFL. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, it's the right thing to say publicly, but if Chase Young doesn't go to the NFL, I'll be stunned. Uh, and quite honestly, I think somebody should get in his ear and be like, are you sure? You, yeah. you sure you don't want to go to the NFL? Because you probably should. Um, but, okay, do you, you know, what's your thought on how the games play out? Are they close? Are they routes? Um, what do we see? I'm not, I'm not sure that Ohio State can route Clemson. I don't think that's in the cards. But I do, uh, I would agree. I do think that LSU is going to score – 50 points against Oklahoma. Okay. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if Oklahoma's going to be held under 35. Yeah. But I think Ellis, I think this is going to be a game where LSU just gets everything at once. Yeah. I mean, I, I feels like it could be a game similar to last year when Oklahoma played Alabama and Alabama got out up big and then Oklahoma kind of got the offense going. And I think they ended up losing by 11 or, you know, something like that. But it, it was never really close, and, yeah. and I think it, I think this game could feel that way. I mean, it's just it's hard to that LSU team has been unstoppable this year offensively, and Oklahoma's offense really hasn't been that good the second half of the year. It's mm-hmm. been okay, you know, but it hasn't been rolling. Jalen Hurts has had some turnovers, and you know, and, well, and, and Oklahoma's some, defense struggles early, and if they struggle early, they're just going to get rolled. It does, and they. I know they had some suspensions get announced today. One of them being their, you know, leading pass rusher, and his backup I think is out for the year. So you know they already have some some depth problems there, and now they lose a starter. So I think LSU wins, not in a blowout. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I don't think they'll win by you know thirty five, but I think they'll win comfortably enough. Um, I think Clemson Ohio State is going to be a down to the wire type of game. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is, it's it's funny because, you know, Trevor Lawrence has won a national championship, and yet I believe he's only played one game that really came down to the end, and that was North Carolina this year. I mean, those two games last year when they won a title, they won by 27 and 28 points. Yeah. So he hasn't had that, like, you know, can he, can he play big in the fourth quarter? I mean, there's no reason to think he can't, but it's amazing how they've dominated everybody since he got in last year, and they had, you know, one game this year where they had to get a two-point conversion stop, and they did. Other than that, they beat everybody by 14 or more, and I think, you know, that was only one game, too. I think everybody, every other game, they won by 30-plus or something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I'm going Clemson, I, I think. Uh, but I think, I mean, it's, it's a toss-up game to me. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Clemson on that one and say we get a another SEC versus Clemson championship game. Yeah. Uh my my lean right now is LSU over Ohio State. My lean would be LSU too because of uh, and I, I mentioned this last time we talked. You know, playing in the Superdome, playing in New Orleans, it just you know it all feels like it's lined up for them this year. It's just been a magical ride. You know, they've won so many big games. Coach O has got at the Midas touch. Joe Burrow can't miss. Uh, just kind of feels like their year right now. Yeah. Um. So, but okay, I'm good. I'm ready to ready to talk all time quarterbacks. So the NFL's top 100s coming out, and they're rolling out their top 10 position players, and and sort of working their way through the history of the the yep. sport, 
and Bill Belichick is downright affable. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. They do seem to be heavily leaning so far toward old timers. Uh, not a lot of, you know, current players or, or even recently current players. I mean, I know Gronkowski got picked at the tight end. I can't stand him, but probably appropriate to pick him. Um, but, you know, uh, not a lot of current guys yet. Now, you would think quarterback, there's, you know, at least two current guys you've got to pick, maybe more. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how, how much they gear toward the old-timers, I guess. Yeah. So this leads to an interesting thing that I had going through this, and, and I will – Start with this premise. Matt has yep. spent way more time on this than I have. <laughs> I have. I have. I've, uh, I've got a, I came up with a top 20 list first. I picked some that were obvious. And then I narrowed down the last, the last two or three spots were, were a, a difficult task for me. Yeah, I did not uh, do any of those things. Okay. Well, that's all right. I, I pulled up Pro Football Reference. And looked at some quarterback stats, and then I read a couple of different people's takes on top 25 quarterbacks. Okay, okay. Uh, all good. We don't have to have the same approach. In fact, it's good that we didn't. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some different results. So, here was my problem. is trying to find seven people as good as Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, um, okay. Because well, I don't have all three of them, and I'll tell you that right now. Because... They're all quarterbacks for the greatest team in the history of football. And they all won Super Bowls with that team. They did. Yes, they did. So now I, now I try not to get too – I mean, now, hey, everybody, you know, my approach is different. I try not to get too consumed with who won the most championships. It's factored. You know, I'm not ignoring it. But I'm not so zeroed in on that. So – I did not rank them in any particular order, and, and, and you didn't either. So I no. feel good about that. No. Yeah. Um, my uh, my historical guy, the furthest back I go, mm-hmm. are are I do have Star and Unitas. Um, okay, I go I go slightly further back. Okay, I, I'm, I've I've got Otto Graham as one of my ten. One of the one of the greatest winners, ten seasons. I think he played in the championship game of his league all ten years, and won I think six or seven championships. Yeah. So again, try not to be too of you know, but to me, you just can't ignore the volume of winning that he did. Yeah. No, and and I he was someone who I looked at, but I I didn't go that far back. Um, okay. Okay. I do have Unitas though as well. Mm-hmm. I think Unitas to me was a no brainer. Yeah. I, Basically, the first you know modern type quarterback, really. I agree, um, and and I pick Star because the quarterback position to me, and, and look, I I homered this. I did pick Star <laughs> Farvin Rogers. I'm not gotcha, gotcha. But, but no, I, no, no, that's fine. But I have an explanation for each. The reason why I think Star belongs is because. I'm not sure that without the Packers winning the first two Super Bowls, you have the NFL. Because yeah. if the AFL yeah. had won, it's completely different. They are now two rival leagues, and the AFL True. is suddenly better, as good, better. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I mean, it also it sets up the Namath storyline for the Super I Bowl. I was going to say it, it sets up the, the majesty of Namath and the New York Jets and. And, and, you know, what a turning point that was because they were thought to have no chance and, and they end up winning that game. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the game that, you know, kind of set in motion the, uh, you know, this might actually work to merge these two leagues and let's, let's, let's do this. Uh, you know, so, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, star, I did not have, but it, it was close. I told you I debated the last couple spots. He was one of the guys that I certainly considered. And if you put him in, I'm not going to quibble with that and we'll be like oh that's terrible i mean he won five championships two super bowls and three nfl titles before the super bowl you know and and you know it's so hard because the stats are so different you know if you look at star stats you'd say uh, come on it's not anywhere close to the modern guys but the game was different so i don't think you could judge him by that 
with guys like that, you really do have to look at the winning and what they meant to their team. And he was the, you know, he was the engine that drove that team basically. Yeah. Um, so that's my, that's my old guys. Okay. So you've got, you've got Unitas and, and star established. Mm-hmm. I've got Unitas and Graham established. Those are my two oldest guys. I did consider Sammy Baugh and Sid Luckman. Both of them were kind of, you know, again, even before Otto Graham. But I just ultimately, you know, ultimately it's so hard to compare them to guys of the modern era. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to, you know, like, I think Sammy Baugh will end up making it. If I had to guess, Sammy Baugh is going to make this top ten that they announce because, oh, he was a kicker and punter and defensive back as well. And that's amazing. It's awesome. But I didn't want to give him bonus points for that. We don't ask quarterbacks now to do that, so why should I give him bonus credit against like an Aaron Rodgers, for example? It's a different different world now. Mm-hmm. Um, my next guy chronologically, I believe, is Terry Bradshaw. Okay, and, I considered him, but I didn't put him in. And for so me, we got some differences. I like this. For me, this is titles and era defining things this is Uh it's the argument that people don't like about jack morris for the baseball hall of fame is the same argument i'm going to make about terry bradshaw for my list okay he was the quarterback of the dominant team of the era he was you know four super bowls memorable moments yeah 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 without a doubt i mean there's nothing wrong with that pick i didn't pick him I debated both him and Roger Staubach from that era, but I didn't put either one of them on there. Um, I, you know, I probably am going to, well, I mean, I am, I'm looking at my list and it does, it does err on the side of uh, guys from the 1980s on. Yeah. Uh, the only two guys I have who played before the 1980s are Unitas and Graham. All my other guys are guys who started in the league from 1980, actually 83. But no, I guess that's not true. One started before 1983. And, and I mean, that's an obvious one. I'm sure you've got him, too. It's Joe Montana. Um, I would think you have Montana. I have Joe know, Montana. In your mouth. No, okay. I have uh, Joe Montana. Know. And uh, Montana and Marino are my two 80s guys. Okay. I have Montana, Marino, and Elway. I couldn't – I mean, I'm not a big Elway fan. Um, but, I mean, the, the production that he had with bad teams. I mean, taking, taking pretty much, you know, bad teams – to the Super Bowl three times. I know they got waxed those three times. They were overmatched by those NFC powers. But, you know, the the production there and then, you know, to win the two Super Bowls at the end of his career, even though he wasn't the, you know, the focal point, I had to put him in there. If I was being more fair, (laughs) I would have probably put him over Farver Rodgers. But... Yeah, it's my list, and he beat the that's Packers fine, in Super Bowl fine. Thirty-two, I, and I he's know you're not, not an Elway guy. And, and again, I was not an Elway fan when he played by any means, and I'm still not really a big fan. I mean, he, uh, you know, I, I was very happy when the Broncos won the Super Bowl with him as the as the president, GM, whatever he is, because of Peyton Manning. But uh, I'm still not really an Elway fan. But yeah, I have I have Montana, Marino, and Elway. To me, those those were all. I mean, again, Montana's the, the championships. Marino's the production. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but my well, God, he if was he had so played good. in this area, he would have thrown yes. for ten thousand yards a year. <laughs> yes, he probably would. And and you know, he just he never had after his first couple of years when they made the Super Bowl and then in '85 they beat the Bears. They were the only team to beat the Bears that year. He never had the team around him after that that, that you know was good enough. Um, and then he got hurt, you know, he had the Achilles injury and he was, you know, not the same after that, but he still came back. It was pretty productive to me. He's, he's too good to turn down. Like, you know, I, again, that was one where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get focused on, he didn't win any Super Bowls. He was a great quarterback and, and did it before it was so easy to do putting up these kind of numbers. Yes. And then my end, uh, is I, in my view, is just a series of torch-passing quarterbacks. Okay. Favre to Manning to Brady and Breeze together to Rodgers. Okay. Well, we, I've got all five of them, too. Those were my other five. Um, to me, you know, the ones I picked right away were Montana, Manning, Brady, Unitas. Those are the four that, like, 
I didn't even have to think about. Um, and then Favre was right there after that. Um, and then, you know, I already told you Elway and Marino. Those were my seven that I was like, okay, these seven have got to be in there. You know, Favre was so durable, so productive. I mean, he threw a lot of interceptions, but okay, that was his style. You know, I, I'm not I'm not holding that against him. Um, and then the three that I debated were Graham and Breeze and Rogers. I thought about other guys, but, you know, we talked about Graham already. Breeze was, was you know, was and is, again, so productive. Um, and then to me, it was really came down to Rogers and Steve Young for that last spot. I really thought about Steve Young because uh, I think Steve Young is underrated because over from Montana, we forget how good he was. But I went with Rogers just by the, the narrowest of narrow margins. Yeah. I I think that each of these guys kind of set a new bar. And that that's part of it for me is yeah. you know, Favre yeah. with the consecutive games, the right. three consecutive MVPs, um, two Super Bowls, the yardage, yeah. the you know, kind of ushered in this modern era. The prolific passing era. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Manning and Brady and Breeze all kind of behind him. Brady, yeah. it, undeniable what, what he's done, the Super sure. Bowls, the, sure. the longevity. Uh, and, and this year he is come crashing back to earth as a slightly below league average quarterback at right. age 42, right. which been. is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and, and I mean, up until the last two weeks, you probably would have said the same about Breeze. Breeze really hadn't been that impressive this year until those last, these last two games, he's been unheard of good. Um, and you know, it's amazing how, how good he has been the last two weeks, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, they're both getting older Manning tailed at the end far. I mean, far last year, he wasn't very good. Manning's last year. wasn't very good. They won the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, it certainly was not his, his best. Um, you know, but yeah, I agree. I mean, those, you know, to me, Manning and Brady have been considered in that realm for a long time, and I think it's taken a while for me and probably a lot of people to embrace Breeze as on their level. But I think he is on their level. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I think because his career started bumpy, and, you know, I mean, he was he was given up on by San Diego, and they drafted Philip Rivers. And I've I've said this many many times. I mean, if Philip Rivers doesn't hold out as a rookie, what becomes of Drew Breeze? Because mm-hmm. Philip Rivers probably starts that year and breezes the backup, and maybe he's relegated to journeyman backup status. But instead, he got the job and he played really well, and it led to him going to New Orleans. Well, and, imagine if you know, he hadn't gotten hurt and he's in Miami. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and you never know. Like uh, they were talking about that a little bit on on Dan Patrick a couple days ago after he broke the touchdown record, and and you know, uh, if he had gone to Miami. Well, you know, would he have been anywhere as good in Miami? I don't know. Uh, Sean Payton and him are such a great match. Well, and playing and in the dome, playing in the dome, play. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's a perfect marriage. I mean, it really him and New Orleans have been such a great marriage, and he's a legend there. And you know, he plays so well for that team in that city. Uh, you know, I mean, you never know. Would he, if he had gone to Miami and played for Nick Saban? Maybe he would have struggled. Who knows? You know, I mean, uh, you just wonder. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you've got to put him in there. And then, you know, for me, it was it was tough with Rodgers because his career is still – it's not over yet. And it's not close to over yet. Like with Breeze and Brady, it feels like if they retired this year, okay, they're, they're pretty secure in what they've done. You know, there's no – they could get better, but, but their, their reputation isn't going to get any worse. Mm-hmm. And with Rodgers, he's probably still got, you know, five years left, maybe more. Who knows? And so you, it's just it's hard. But right now, I, I put him slightly above Steve Young. Steve Young was the other guy I really considered for that. Yeah. For Rodgers, to me, it, it comes down to just the crazy things he's doing that we just accept now as, oh yeah, you know, yeah. people, people here and people in media – are, right. are saying, well, what's wrong with him? He'd be the he'd be the first guy I would take off the Pro Bowl list. Dak should be yeah. him, not him. He's yeah, got yeah. twenty four touchdowns and two picks. 
This yeah, year. yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, probably you. I mean, really, I would probably take Breeze off this year. I know Breeze. Like I said, he's had two great games the last two weeks, but he missed five games, most of six. He, he got hurt early in that game against the Rams, and then missed five starts. Like Breeze getting in the Pro Bowl was a little bit of a shaky call, I think. Um, but Dak will probably end up making it because somebody will opt out or back out or whatever, you know. So he'll he'll get in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, Rogers. He's been the victim of bad luck in the playoffs a few times. Uh, I saw one. Well, I saw two uh, in Arizona. One, you know, the latest one in 2015 when he never got on the field after that Hail Mary, yeah. which is still one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in person. Uh, I mean, and and probably what might have been almost as amazing was the Hail Mary he threw before that to get to midfield. When yeah. it was like fourth and long and he's throwing from his own end zone and he finds Jeff Janis and then to do it again... I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about that moment. I was standing on the Cardinal sideline, and I, I remember leaning out on the field to see that play and the shock of seeing, I mean, you know, you know, I don't have to lie to you. I wanted the Packers to win. And so I was, like, delighted, but I couldn't share how delighted I was because I was in company that was not very delighted. But it was, I mean, it's just one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in person. And it'll be tough to top. Yeah. And he's got so many of those. Like he does. Those just, he does. And a lot of this for my picking is my bias, but I but I believe he belongs in this list. Uh, yeah, you know. oh, I think he belongs in, in the conversation without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're being biased. At, at, if you left him out right now, I don't think that's a terrible decision because, you know, you could leave the door open that, hey, let's see what the rest of his career is and maybe he makes it obvious. Um but yeah, I mean, he definitely belongs in the mix. He's got two MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he's he's a Hall of Famer for sure. You know, if if he retired this year, he'd go to the Hall of Fame. Um, and and so he, you know, he belongs in the conversation without a doubt. And we saw him play in that Ravens t- terrible game. We did. We yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Scrub time in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> the most lopsided Monday night game in history. Mm-hmm. And we were there. We saw two two of our top ten quarterbacks all time played in that game. Favre started. Rogers Rogers came in, and and they got blown out by a bad Ravens team. How about that? Yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah, it was not a. It was also a freezing. Team, so so it that was, was good. Freezing. It was yeah, <laughs> but a fun game. We're glad we went, and you know, yeah, one of those uh, one of those great great memories. But okay, so we're we're mostly in agreement. We uh, we picked what? How many did we have the same? I think everybody, seven, but seven or eight. Yeah, everybody. You had star. You had Bradshaw and star. Yeah. So and eight. I had Graham and Elway. Yes. Right? So it was eight. We had eight. Okay. So not not too different. Yeah. And again, I mean, Bradshaw and Star were certainly guys. I told you I made a top twenty. They're both in my eleven to twenty very comfortably. Yeah. Uh, it was, well, you know, Young, Star, Staubach, Bradshaw, Sammy Ball were like my next five. Well, and look, had Elway. Had the exact same career, but Super Bowl thirty two just not occurred. <laughs> Didn't he, happen. He yeah. may well have made this list. I I or can't. Sp- beaten somebody else in Super Bowl thirty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak to that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I understand. I, I uh, you know, trust me. It was it was difficult for me to put Brady in there. If I could have argued against him, I would have because I can't stand him. But you know, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, yeah, you just have to, um, you know. But. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a pretty good list. The one guy we haven't mentioned at all, who I think probably should be mentioned more, but again is hurt by the fact that he didn't win any titles, is Franz Harkinson. Franz Harkinson is an amazing quarterback, uh, you know. But the Vikings ran up against some really good teams that didn't win any championships. But I mean, he was he was a you know you put you talk about Marino. If you put a guy like Franz Harkinson in today's game, where you could run around and do that, like he'd be he'd be a, a master in today's game. Yeah. Well, and another one who history was unkind in four games, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, yep, yep, you're right, yeah. The only quarterback to ever make four straight Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Didn't win any, and it hurts him, but yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, any other set of random four games that he trades out for those four wins— <laughs> And my Bradshaw argument becomes my Jim Kelly argument. Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, even if he wins one of those, like, I mean, if they won the first one, 
when Norwood missed the field goal, how different do we look back at the Bills and him? And I mean, like you know, it, it would be so different if they just had one. I mean, if they'd won two or three, obviously, you know. But if they just had one, we might be we might both have had him there because he was great and ran an offense that was kind of revolutionary at the time. Yeah. But we'll never know. We'll never know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things, both those guys, you know, they, they're combined 0 and 7 in Super Bowls. And that's probably why it's, you know, it's not as quick to put them on the list. Again, you know, you try to try to remove your, I mean, I said it before we started, you know, try to remove my championship winner bias. And yet it gets ingrained in you. Like, you know, uh, Joe Montana won four Super Bowls. So he's got to be there. I mean, was Joe Montana really, like, it, you know, just being objective, was Joe Montana better than Jim Kelly? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're both great quarterbacks. But because he won four titles with great teams, he didn't win them on his own. Uh, you know, we don't even think to compare those two. Yeah, well, I mean, he won those titles with the person who is unquestioned the best receiver ever. Right. Yeah, right. who's in, yeah. Who's in Jordan's status. Where you'll only ever compare yes. guys to him. To him, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and played for Bill Walsh, who's you know one of the you know they've been putting coaches on this thing, I and mean, you have to put Bill Walsh top ten coaches all time. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, um, which that's one we could do at some point too. Is you know what I mean? There's some that are obvious, uh, but you know that'd be a that'd be an interesting debate to do if we want to do that sometime in the off season when we got time to kill. Um, but I think Walsh would be an obvious one. Although you could point out that probably a lot of these guys played for coaches who would be obvious. Uh, you know, Brady played for Belichick. Uh, you know, Montana played for Walsh. Marino played for Don Shula. Like those are those are pretty obvious choices to be on that list. Star played for Lombardi. Lombardi, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bradshaw played for Chuck Knoll. So I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, so who who gets more credit? I don't know. Probably about the same, I guess. Yeah. So, but all right, it was fun. I enjoyed this. Uh, you know, you know, I love the quarterback position. So, I I, uh, I thought we'd be a good debate. Yeah, and job done. We accomplished. There it, it is. There it is. So we'll see. Uh, you know, next Friday is when they announce the NFL 100 group. We'll see how close we match up with Bill Belichick and his minions. Yeah. Uh, until that time. He's Matt. I'm Ben. Wishing you a happy holiday season. I heard, yes, indeed. I, I heard uh, Gumble do this during Real Sports. <laughs> uh, wishing you a happy holiday season and a safe and happy new year. Uh, that's it. We're out now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yep. stop recording. I, I botched Signing the off. ending. I'm okay with that. I, that's I'm, all right. All right. We're stopping now. Now.